building an indie business in the center of venture capital. I am Alex Edmonds. People know me as Supreme Mom Ham on the internet, and this is the Building an Indie Business Podcast. Okay, so today I'm going to be talking about what I learned writing a book. And it's a lot of things related to the book, um, related to a building a product. Um, yeah, so uh, let's get into it. The very first thing I learned is that virality is fake. Um, in my research of how to promote a book, um, I stumbled onto some services that will help uh, companies um, get more views on their social media posts by basically having bots, not bots, but like, um, what do you call it? It would be more like accounts that this company created to get more eyeballs on the product and like retweet it and like it. And they had different types of accounts. So like one for sports, one for beauty, things like that. So I realized that anytime a product goes viral, in quotes, um, it's probably not actual, actual virality. Okay. Another thing I learned, and this is a very big one, is to accept help. Um, yeah, so I had a lot of help on this book. Brendan helped me with editing and so many more things. That's why if you read the, the special thanks in the book, he's in the special thanks section for that reason. Um, yeah, he helps me, he let me use his, uh, Grammarly account to edit the book. Um, he would help me with, um, stuff related to the blog and, like, getting more people to see it, increasing the SEO score, so that way I could generate traffic, organic traffic. And then Shaw, Shaw really helped me with the blog. Um, I said, Hey, um, how do you get more email subscribers? Like how, how would I for open podcasts? And like an hour later, he comes with, um, picture examples of what I could do instead of just saying, Hey, do this. So yeah, the pop-ups, um, that was his idea. And every blog post, there's a, like in the, at the, intro paragraph right after that there's like hey did you know you can subscribe that was his idea and there was one more thing the pop-up um i can't remember but there were three things and he created examples of what um they could be okay another thing this is kind of related um use tools to make my life easier and so using tools to for me is a a difficult thing because on some level I feel like I'm cheating because I'm making it easier for myself but uh that's not the case the only thing that matters is the end result and um unless you cheated someone like you stole their 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 content or their code or whatever 
then you're okay. Um, those, the, the tools are there to make your life easier so that you can focus on, you know, the big picture things. Like, for me, that was writing. Um, so I used a lot of tools. I used Hemingway for editing, editing Grammarly for editing, Gumroad to, uh, to purchase the book to get people, like, as a storefront. So, um, um, the tools would be another form of accepting help. And so those tools that I used helped me focus on writing instead of things that wouldn't move the book forward. So like, instead of Gumroad, uh, my other idea was to set up a, um, Stripe store. And that would have taken me some time because I had to figure out how to set up the book and set up Stripe with it. Um, and uh, in May, that sh that shouldn't have been something that I fo sh focused on, right? Because the book wasn't done. I needed to focus on writing the book and getting it done. And Gumroad helped me do that. Okay. Um, yeah. So, tools, A+. Plus. Um, another thing I learned is, of course, how to create an ebook. And, uh, yeah, so you need an EPUB, .epub file, and you need a mobile file. And, <coughs> sorry, um, yeah, I don't want to go into this too much because I'm doing an episode on creating an ebook, but yeah, you need those two files, um, for different, um, devices. Um, okay. Try to control as much of these. Okay. So try to control as much of the user experience as possible. So what I mean by this is it's very important to manage the experience of a user so that way, um, you, they don't get distracted with other things on, um, like that, if they were, if there was another platform, um, they would get distracted by. So let me give you a perfect example. So I, um, originally had the Gumroad page and I would, um, give people just the link to the Gumroad page. And when I wasn't controlling that user experience um, on the Gumroad page, um, they could leave the Gumroad page and like look for other products instead of just sticking to mine, right? So I didn't want to lose people like that. So what I did was I embedded um, the Gumroad page um, on, what do you call it? on on my personal website not my the podcast website and um the blog oh yeah on the blog like i created a page on the blog for the embed and that way when people left to go somewhere else on the website they would still be going to my content right so that is an advantage and then another way to control the user experience is uh, through promotion. So um, 
I don't really focus on social media. What I do is I focus on email. And the reason why I do this is because it's very easy to just scroll by um, a, a post on social media. I've talked about this. It's in the book. And so when you send an email to someone, um, they, they focus on it more because they have to click and open it and they'll read it. And people get less email than they do... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Oh yeah, then posts on... They see less email than they do posts on social media. So they're giving their email extra focus compared to a social media post. Okay. Um, I learned about the publishing industry. I just... I had no interest in getting this book published by another company. But I looked into it a bit. It turns out that um, sometimes an author only makes a dollar per book sold. So because there's so much money that goes into the promotion of the book and you get an advance from the publishing company when they, um, when they say, yeah, we'll take your book. And this advance, it's literally an advance. It's it's a loan. They're loaning you money so you can finish the book or whatever. Um, yeah, and so you have to pay that back. And sometimes they get the first money that comes in. So if they give you $100,000, um, the first $100,000 made from the book, it's their money. And yeah, so uh, yeah, that's uncool. Okay. The next thing I learned about writing, the next thing I learned is about writing, sorry. Um, yeah, I learned about passive and active voice. I remember learning that in school, but I never really learned what it was. So, um, yeah. And then, where am I? I learned how to shorten my sentences um, because Hemingway, that's what Hemingway teaches you. Uh, its main feature is that... Um, it highlights your long sentences or sentences that doesn't don't make sense. And so, what was I going to say? Sentences that don't make sense. Oh yeah, so you have to get rid of those. And I learned how to shorten my sentences before even putting it through Hemingway. Eventually, when I was at like chapter 20 of the book. Um, yeah. And I learned editing. I learned how to, like, change my passive voice to active voice, shorten my sentences, and other errors I was making. So, yeah. Um, it helped me become a better writer. Okay. Um, SEO. I learned some search engine optimization. So, all I really knew before is about backlinks. And I really learned... Um, that actually, I'm not going to talk about this too much because I want to do an episode on podcasting SEO. Um, yeah, so I learned about backlinks, uh, domain authority, meta tags. Um, I didn't really know their purpose before, right? But I knew they were related to SEO. Like before all this, no web page of mine 
had meta tags, but now all of them do, all 100 of them. Okay, I learned book formatting as well. And what I mean by this is like, there's h1 tag, h2, h, h, h2 tag, and h3 tag. I didn't know what the difference was. So I learned that h1 is like the title, h2 is the subheading, and h3 is the subheading of the subheading, right? So it would be like, this chapter is about um, live streaming. Um, that was the H1 tag. H2 tag would be like, had a live stream. And then the H3 tag would be, um, use Twitch. So yeah. And then I learned that the um, H tags are used to create the table of contents. So yeah, that was interesting. Okay. The next thing I learned about is hiring. Um, so uh, I'm not going to go into too much detail about this either because I'm going to do a, an episode on it. But I hired a bunch of people to um, to become an affiliate to help me sell the book. And this helped me learn like what a nice resume looks like, what uh, all the formats and everything. And uh, I paid attention to what resumes caught my eye. And so that way I could take what I learned from those people and use it on my own resume. And then I learned about job descriptions and I learned um, what really needs to be said in a job description to get people to understand what the job is because I had two different job descriptions. I had, uh, I think I did a commission sales associate and I did commission marketing associate and the only difference was I changed the job description and I still got like the same questions. So I had the next job. I'm not going to do another job description, but um, like if I ever wanted to hire someone again, I know what words I would need to use to stop people from asking me the same question. So yes. Um, yeah. Um, I learned many famous authors have uh, substance abuse issues. So like Hemingway, um, what's the other guy? The one who wrote The Gatsby, um, Bukowski, they all have like problems with alcohol. Um, I just happened to learn that because I was trying to, um, when the book was done, I tried to like figure out how I can level up my 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 writing for the next thing I'm gonna do so um I ended up like looking at their history and what they do what they did and it turns out like all of them um they talked about alcohol like in their wikipedia postings so I thought that was interesting for the most part I don't know um I learned about automation so um, I'm really bad at like automating things and I like to do things myself and um, I learned just to automate and that would help me focus on things. So like one example would be the tools. Um, 
because I used Grammarly and Hemingway, I didn't have to, you know, like go line by line and wonder if my sentences were wrong or the way I phrased something was wrong because I had Grammarly and uh, Hemingway that would automatically tell me, automatically, that my sentence was wrong. Um, another thing um, I learned to automate is the sales process. So with hiring, um, I was automating the sales because someone else would be doing that work for me instead of me having to go door to door um, on the internet and get each person to buy the book. So yeah, I did that with sales. And then SEO, uh, I'm doing a lot of SEO to raise my search ranking, um, my rank in the search results. And so that way, that would automate the traffic to the podcast website and the blog. And hopefully, that would lead to more people finding the book and buying the book. So yeah, I learned automation. Um, yeah, the next thing I learned is that the amount of sales you get is directly linked to the size of your audience. So if you have a small audience, you're going to get a small size, small amount of sales. And so what I mean by this is usually a small percentage is going to buy a book or any product that you have. So let's say you have a hundred, um, you have an audience of 100, right? Um, you would be very lucky if five people bought that book because it bought that product because it's 5%. That's huge. That's a huge conversion rate. So, yeah. it Yeah. So if you have 50 people in your audience, expect one person to buy it. So, yeah the smaller your audience the the less amount of sale the fewer amount of sales that you will be getting just saying um i learned that writing a book is not about book sales and what i mean by this is when you write a book that creates opportunities um that will lead to more money so when you write a book people will ask you to come speak at their conference or to their employees or whatever and they pay you half a million dollars and that's to give a speech to a thousand people so you have a big publisher right you make one to two dollars per book and you're getting paid half a million dollars to come speak um like summarize your book to that a thousand people so if those people bought your book you'd be making at most five dollars so five thousand dollars now they're paying this company is going to pay you um a hundred times that to go speak to their employees about the book that's where the money's coming in for someone who published a book and you might do that maybe 
five times. So that means you're making $2.5 million off your five speeches about the book, right? So, um, yeah, for some people, books are about opportunities and not book sales. Okay. Um, I learned about email marketing, of course, because Shaw helped me with that. And so I learned how to optimize a blog for email subscribers. So like there's doing pop-ups, there's having a tab where people can subscribe to the email list and things like that. Oh, and making sure people reading the article can subscribe in the middle of the article, things like that. Um, finish promoting before launching. So yeah, this is one thing I did not do, but I will do next time. So I had 20, 25 chapters, let's just say that. And um, I already wrote two of them before I decided to write the book. And then I went off and I just started writing, 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 writing. And then I realized that these blog posts could become a book. I could stitch them all together and they could put they could become a book. And so I then announced the book. And then um after that I just kept releasing blog posts and I didn't really time it out. So what happened was I had blog posts left over in my drafts page. Um, that I hadn't released before the book was released. And something happened. One of those blog posts blew up on the internet. They got a lot of traffic for me and um, email subscribers. And I keep thinking, what if I had release this blog post before um, the book, those were people that I could have launched the book to and increased my audience size and got more people to buy the book because not one of those subscribers has bought the book. And I also keep thinking, what if one of the three, three, four other blog posts that are in my drafts um, also blew up on the internet and gotten me subscribers. Those are more people. So I'm leaving out people that I could have launched to simply by waiting to um, launch the book. So my, my lesson that I learned here is finish promoting, then launch, right? Um, and this is related in a way, don't announce so soon. So like the book was written. I knew the book was coming out. I didn't need to tell people in April that I was writing a book. So um, the reason why I should have waited and announced later is because you don't want to annoy people. You don't want to annoy people with 
the with you talking about your product so much. So I announced it in April and the release date was July. So I had May, um, June, and July talking about the book. And um, I may have run out of things to talk about, but if I had just announced it at the end of June and said, it's one month, I'm launching in a month, um, that would give me I wouldn't, I would definitely have not run out of things to talk about. Not that I did, but it would be okay for me to tweet every day about the launch and, um, that would, the launch would stay fresh in people's minds by seeing it and maybe I would get more pre-orders for the book. Yeah, so that was a lost opportunity. The final thing I learned is that Gum Road is slow with their embeds so um it would take me like it would take the page on the blog to load like maybe 10 seconds which is very slow considering that with my code my personal code the code on the um the blog not the blog website the podcast website it loads in less than a second so I looked into it and I saw why it was taking so long because it adds everything to the embed. It'll add Stripe, which they use to take payments. It adds every um, discount code that I used to the code. Um, it adds stuff from Facebook and from Google. Yeah, every discount code. This is so ridiculous. Even discount codes that were used like when I gave a discount code to a single person and they had used it, that was still in the code. It's ridiculous. It's insane. So yeah, um, Gumroad is a great service. Um, that's the only thing bad I'm going to say about it, that it was slow. It's not a big deal. Um, but truly, I will probably be using a, another service for another product. Um, one that's faster. I'm going to have to look at the code from now on and see if um, it adds another layer. And so when my blog, when I did the embed on the blog, um, it had so many layers and that's why it was even slower than on my the podcast website. So it had everything from Ghost, everything from Firebase, um, everything from, um, from pork bun. So, and then on top of that was gum road. Yeah. So it had three or four things loading and that's why it was so slow. The reason why it was faster for my podcast website was because it just had things from Firebase and pork bun and Gumroad. So it had three things versus five things, which is what the podcast website, not the, the blog has. Okay. Thank you for listening. If you have any questions, you can email me. Remember, there's the open podcast, community podcast. So if you want to record an episode without the hassle of podcasting to get the experience, contact me uh, on Twitter at Supreme Realm Ham. Same thing on Telegram, 
supremerumham at gmail.com. And I'm looking for writers to write about their podcasting experience for the Open Podcast blog. So if you're interested, contact me for that as well. Thank you for listening. Have a nice day. Bye.